this real or a legend? Oh, it's a real legend. And it's as old as earthbending itself. Two lovers forbidden from one another. A war divides their people. And a mountain divides them apart. Built a path to be together. Yeah, I forget the next couple lines, but uh, then it goes. Secret Secret hey everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Dog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. Photo, video, digital media production. Today we are discussing Avatar, The Last Airbender, Season 2, the finale. So let's do a quick roundup before we go through on this very last episode. I just want to talk about some of the pros, some of the cons, the things I liked and didn't like about uh, Avatar Season 2. Now, you're like, what I didn't like? What Avatar Season 2? How could you didn't, you, you, you didn't like something? What, what, you, well, basically you're right. I absolutely loved Season 2 of Avatar The Last Airbender. I think Avatar The Last Airbender Season 2 is more superior in many ways that make the world just more enjoyable to be in. The thing about Avatar The Last Airbender is that they have a stellar cast. It's They're fun to be around. The story is interesting as hell. It's beautiful world building. I love seeing the bending of the elements. It's unpredictable in a way that makes it exciting to watch. It's a world like unlike uh, any other. So, with saying all that, I will say, basically the only things I had complaints about were at the very end of the season, and it was next to none. I think this second season is superior in just about every way they could have made it better. I remember all the complaints that I had in the first season saying that uh, you know, some of the, the towns looked too similar, some of the rendering wasn't as smooth. They fixed that. They fixed the other. I think some of the slapstick humor was kind of uh, toned down a little bit throughout most of season two. Like season two was very thought provoking. It was very much Aang trying to harness who we who he is and understand the type of powers that are you know within him. And with saying that, we acquire really interesting characters such as Toph. We expand upon the worlds of Sokka and Katara and uh, Zuko and Uncle Iroh. I mean, there really is no way that I could have possibly predicted how good Season 2 was going to be. I thought that Season 2 was just kind of, you know, expand upon the world, give us some more la-di-da-dies, you know. We'll go visit a few worlds and... uh, or a few worlds, a few towns. We'll visit. We'll visit a few towns, and then once we're done with the towns, we'll go on to the main mission, and eventually we'll end up season two. No, this was a very deep, uh, uh, in inter monologue thinking. You know, psychological kind of uh, type of season two i really enjoyed season two because it explored our favorite characters in even more depth even as to the second episode one of the things i've always said about uh 
going from season one to season two, season three, when you're watching animation, um, regardless of where where it comes from, generally the characters kind of stay stagnant. And that's one thing I thought that is really uh, progressive about this show is that these characters grow. I feel like I'm growing alongside these characters. I'm learning, um, you know, words of wisdom from Uncle Iroh through uh, Zuko and, you know, patience and um, just worldly psychological mind, mindful pieces of information and I wouldn't say culture. I don't feel like I learned too much about culture, but learning more about the human psyche and who they are. And it's not like this is an entirely deep ass show. It's not like they're going so, you know, uh, talk about the neutrons and the psychological spectrum of, you know, this, that, and the other. But they are giving like an overarching uh, look at some of these. Uh, you know, emotions that are very real to people, regardless if you have the ability to bend water, to fly on in the air, or you know, uh, you know, blow fire from your hands. It doesn't matter about these these the elements and the the powers are second to what is actually going going on in the show it's so much of learning about the world and the 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 family dynamics i find it so fascinating in the second season ang and his friends katara Sokka, are on a quest to find an earthbending teacher which finishes when they recruit toff befong after finding important information concerning the war with the fire nation appa ends up kidnapped holy sack that was really, really stressful for those episodes. Um, and then we, when we finally get Appa back, uh, we learn about what's Appa's been going on. I mean, uh, Appa, Momo, the side, the side characters, some of our favorites, they have journeys as well, more or less Appa. Their journey leads to Ba Sing Se, the capital of the Earth Kingdom where they uncover a great internal government conspiracy. Like, there is this, like, massive conspiracy throughout Season 2 of, like, trying to overthrow Ba Sing Se's Earth Kingdom's uh, ruler. Like, there is some serious, like, uh, is it called a coup d'etat? Um, like, they, they have some really interesting storylines going on in Season 2 when it comes to regard of with regards of uh, leading a country. And they talk about, you know, just kind of having bumbling idiots are the ones leading the country. And um, they, they, they have a way of visually expressing, you know, that these people are incompetent and are uninterested in ruling their kingdom. I mean, I remember just small comments like, the uh, Earth Kingdom guys like, oh, this is what public transportation's like, and it's like, yeah, because they've never left the castle. They've never left the uh, uh, the castle that they have been, you know, put up put upon, and they have to rule over, and they have no idea what the world is like out there. Um, you know, kind of a lot like what's going on in the real world now. You don't have to be a thousand. Uh, 
3,000 years in the past or 4,000, 5,000 years in the future for it to really make a difference to understand the visualizations of, you know, a, an incompetent leader. And so anyways, their their journey leads to Ba Sing Se, the capital of the Earth Kingdom, where they uncover a great internal government conspiracy. Meanwhile, due to their actions at the North Pole in Book 1, Zuko and Iroh are declared traitors of the Fire Nation and desert their country, becoming fugitives in the Earth Kingdom. Pursuing both Zuko and Aang is Princess Azula, Zuko's younger prodigy sister. And so there is probably this the biggest dynamic when it comes to having, having, having an antagonist within this show is absolutely the Fire Nation and uh, specifically Azula. Um, she is definitely one of the biggest foes, and she's almost to the to the point where she feels like a foe against Zuko and Uncle Iroh for the majority of this season. R.O.P. R.O.P. I can't talk today. R.I.P. Uncle Iroh. Um, the voice actor of Uncle Iroh is Mako, I believe. He's also the uh, the voice actor of uh, Aku on Samurai Jack. And so um, I just wanted to kind of give a little bit of praise to this character. Um, I'm curious, uh, f from what I hear is the voice actor Mako, um, I really enjoyed his uh, line delivery and uh, the way that he kind of, you know, soaked up being kind of... Uh, an elderly character enjoying his prime. He's trying to tell Zuko and explain to him, you know, to, you know, not hold on to your um, your anger. And, you know, hunting down the Avatar is not exactly what you want to do. It's not going to bring you uh, the satisfactory that you, you, you want. And so... Um, yeah, I absolutely love the character of Uncle Iroh. I always just got to give a little bit of, um, I got to give a little bit of credit to him from that. Um, I don't think I mentioned the producers and creators, Michael Dante DeMartio, um, and Brian Conzico. I'm sorry if I, I kind of messed those up a little bit, but these are the creators um, of the Avatar, The Last Airbender, and they also created The Legend of Korra. I believe The Legend of Korra was used um, as a spinoff from Avatar, The Last Airbender because of the movie being such a notorious flop. They didn't want to have anything to do with the name. So that is insane that you fucked up a movie so bad that they couldn't continue on the show with a different name it, it, it it's kind of crazy to think about and a little bit concerning when i'm thinking about season three i'm like did they complete season three or were they expecting season four or season five because at the scope of this uh uh of what's going on i'm kind of feeling like i'm scared about how season three is going to end i hope it ends in a way that you know we don't need any more anything else from that but i don't know maybe the legend of Korra. Um, might explain some things that we didn't get explained in Avatar. 
Um, to my knowledge, it's the same world. Not sure if it's the same characters at all. I'll kind of do a little bit more research into that. Um, let's talk a little bit about the notes that I wrote down for um, the for a couple episodes that we were discussing. Um, I'll try not to be here too long. I know that y'all have got other things to do than listen to me mumble on about Avatar: The Last M- Avatar: The Last Airbender season two. Um, but we will talk about episodes. Uh, let me just hack into the system real quick. Beep boop bop. Um, Avatar. Did y'all see the new uh, Batman? Oh my gosh, dude! I haven't. I, I tried to like peek through. My my eye was like peeking at a stream that was watching the. Uh, the leaked footage and oh my goodness i was like what is going on and i was i was very uh impressed with what's going on with uh with that so uh episode two the cave of two lovers basically the only thing i saw about that was i enjoy how this is exploring more of the relationship between ang and uh katara the two um characters absolutely um have grown um, immensely uh, this is the synopsis on their way to Omashu team avatar is forced to travel underground to avoid fire nation attacks Iroh and Zuko adjust to life as fugitives um, so episode 2 really cool water bending at the beginning of this and I noticed that they were also showing a lot more skin as well I was like they're trying to I don't know if it was just like an ep- a season 1 thing where they just kind of kept them in the same outfits didn't want to you know I don't want to say sexualize is the wrong word, but to show that they are maturing in a way, that's probably the better way to say it because they're, they're still very young. But um, they they are showing a little bit more skin in this. I noticed that. Um, and they meet some weird traveling guys in this um, that wear these uh, nice underwear hats or something like that. I don't, I don't remember exactly what was going on. Um, let me see. Uncle Iroh and Zuko are on the run as fugitives. And I love, I think this is the montage of uh, Uncle Iroh getting sick from all of the different types of tea. And uh, he thinks it might be, it's either really delicious tea or some sort of terrible poison. One or the other, it can't be just one. <laughs> uh, I, I love his little antics. And at the beginning of this, I was like, okay, so they're going to develop more of the relationship between Aang and uh, Katara. I really enjoyed that. Um, And then we get uh, episode three, the return to Omashu, finding the city of Aang's old friend, King Bumi, um, captured by the Fire Nation. The heroes hatch a plan to rescue Aang's earthbending teacher, Azula gathers two old friends to help her hunt the avatar um yeah i i enjoyed azula's two additional friends i my biggest thing about it is uh sorry i'm i, I keep seeing uh, uh the rock is adam adam black or black adam or whatever it's called and it's the ad is throwing me off it's like dude can you get off off my screen um sorry so uh i love azula's two additional um friends that come to help um they both have different personalities that bring kind of uh, a, a lightheartedness to what's going on again all of the earthbending stuff all I, I thought i was crazy in the first season saying that the earthbending stuff was dope but this shit is dope like i was really impressed by the type of 
all the type of earthbending. I felt like I never got bored by any of this happening, and I was just, I was just so surprised by uh, the choreography and what's going on. It's not real people, like uh, like I said in the first season, but my lord, it is just beautiful to watch, um, among other other things. Um, this season two really uh, explores the city as well. The, the cities and landscapes. I, th I think the landscapes are what they really focused on. Um, so, yeah. Let me see. Episode... Oh, oh yeah. In episode three, he also learns about Jin, which is neutrality. Episode four. Aang hears a swamp calling to him. In the swamp, Aang and the gang find out that this is not any natural swamp. I think this is when they find, like, the swamp people. And there's this one dude kind of, like, uh, you know, making, like, this uh, hurricane kind of thing. I always get stressed out when the when they get Appa down. I hate when they, they're they always trying to uh, attack Appa. I think they, Appa gets, Appa and Momo are almost attacked by the swamp people during this thing. And if I remember correctly, I'm like, why does everybody have to do, why does one thing I notice about some cartoons is they'll like they'll attack the protagonist and they'll be like oh I was just kidding or oh I didn't know you were there it's like you almost killed us you almost killed Appa you almost killed Momo you need to cut your shit as a swamp man get your shit <laughs> like I will I will aerate your ass like get out of here I, I don't know uh, that might sound that sounded weird. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Get your ass, get your get your swamp ass out of here. Um But yeah, so episode four, uh Uncle has to dance for some sort of asshole that is like I think throwing like swords at him because they're like trying to um they're asking for money, they're asking for food, they're they're on the run. Um that's where uh, you can see Zuko is just like that. Is it? I need to. I need to get out of here. I need to put the blue mask on. I need to whoop some ass. Um, and uh, yeah, there's oh yeah, this bird screech during this episode was hilarious. Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what it sounded like. I, I'm not gonna reperform it. Um, and yeah, so there are swamp waterbenders. The thing about the season two, what they also explored is that the different elements have different things, uh, like subsections about them. So like earth if you can bend earth you can possibly bend metal as well which is kind of cool um I, but again that's kind of like just making it up as you go a little bit um episode five Sokka and Katara have to solve a centuries old crime when Aang is in prison for a murder allegedly co committed by one of his past incarnations um so yeah, I really enjoyed this one as well. I I didn't dislike really any of these episodes. I thought some of them maybe fell a little bit like throwaways away in a, in sub sub section, but I felt like even the like the Avatar Day, the Swamp People one, like there's still very interesting um, worlds that he travels to. Like I I still find them overall interesting to watch and they're what less than 30 minutes to, they're like 25 maybe 23 minutes or something like that so the show travels fast um let me see what else we got yeah i was not expecting them just to all of a sudden like this uh, like not 
like say anything about him being the avatar or oh, one thing about him being the avatar is that not everyone believes he's the avatar. I like how in the world building that they're showing that there's people behind them. There's the guys like my fucking cabbages, my cabbages, my cabbages, <laughs> like always getting his cabbages destroyed. The run on joke of that. Um, then they have other people that are kind of dressed like Aang in the background. Um, not, a, not, not all the time, but they, they've shown that other people do dress as the avatar. So, uh, you know, just by seeing him, they don't automatically think it's him all the time. It could just be just a random person dressed as him. Um, and then episode, what is this? Episode six is, I think, where we start to... Oh, oh, sorry, I didn't finish episode five. Episode five, uh, Avatar Kiyoshi. Oh, sorry. Episode five, Uncle... And... Uncle Iroh and Zuko move their own ways. Uncle Iroh and Zuko kind of go back and forth with their own relationship, and I find it absolutely fascinating. And about, I think it's like episode 12, I'm skipping a little bit, but they have a beautiful montage with Uncle Iroh. Um, but there is a clash between Iroh, Uncle Iroh and Zuko through this entire first two seasons um, uh, so far. That is kind of like a push and pull of does he actually, does Zuko need to actually consume the Avatar, you know? So let's hop on over to episode six, The Blind Bandit. While looking for an earthbender, teacher Aang and his friends discover a young blind girl with secrets of her own. Episode six is pretty much where they turn up the heat in my opinion the first few episodes of season two kind of feel like they're uh, a lot more of the season one style you know go to this city do a little chore go to the city help people a couple people out go to the city tell them you're the avatar but once we get to episode six episode six the blind bandit it's 9.2 on imdb with reason i'm trying to tell you it's WWE Raw with Avatar The Last Airbender Elements. It is freaking phenomenal. Ding, ding. It is on. I absolutely think episode six, it's, uh, you know, it's it's Raw. It's WE with Earth Nation. Awesome visuals. Uh, the sound effects make it feel like people are getting crushed, slung across the stadiums getting bucked up. I mean, it is it is crazy. I mean, the blind bandit made that dude rip it. I was like, oh my god! I was like, this is insane. And so, uh, you know, I love how the rocks are just uh, they the earth just bends to whatever they need. And so, you don't really. I had never really thought about how how, how practical it would be to have earth bending powers but my lord you can just create your own world you can literally create your own castle or like a little hut if you needed to it's 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 one of the coolest uh element bending uh parts of the series just specifically all in this a lot of it happens in this episode uh so i love uh, how you know the rocks will just open and close when the benders need them to at their will um, how did her dad not know she was like badass and all this? I I didn't really understand how she is, you know, this badass knocking all these dudes out of the ring, but yet she's uh, 
you, you know, her, her parents are still like trying to overlook her too hard and kind to, uh, uh, not baby her, but, you know, look out for her a little bit too much, mostly because of her, her, uh, I guess she is because she's blind. Um, and it's really seamless how this character ends up, uh, you know, escaping from the earth nation of, you know, a place that she doesn't really feel like she's a part of. And she does, uh, in my opinion, kind of seamlessly blend in with the rest of our people. Um, uh, I know that there's a little bit of turmoil immediately after they get her into the group. I, I think it's uh, episodes eight. Sorry, it's uh, episode seven and eight after Zuko, um, Zuko alone. Um, but yeah, I do think the. Sorry, I'm looking at eight and nine. Um, I believe that's when they start to have a little bit of uh, friction with uh, uh, what's her name, Trough, I believe, Toff. Toph, I said trough, yeah, uh, Toph, um, and she is kind of like a, a girl that does her own thing, she, you know, she's covered in dirt, she can, it helps her feel, and she can tell when people are lying, and she has really, just really cool abilities, um, and so, yeah, uh, I knew immediately after her episode six that her father was, like, oh, yeah, she's free to travel, absolutely not, I knew that was gonna be lies, um, and so they kind of set it up as the Avatar kidnapped uh, Toph in in that episode. And so I was like, my lord, this is a, you know, quite a, a hook for introducing someone into this world. I mean, she has a badass opening. She has badass powers. And she's overall just a very capable individual despite her being blind. Um like, uh, not saying that, you know, that would normally uh, make things a lot. It, it What I'm trying to say is that generally makes things a lot more difficult, especially in the time that she's living in. So her having these abilities is almost, uh, you know, ultra to her advantage. But it also shows how it can go against her if she does not have uh, earth around her as well. You know, if, she, if she's surrounded by water, she's out of her element, you know, so to speak. So... Episode 7 is um, Zuko Alone. As Zuko tries to make it by an exile without his uncle, he remembers how his father became Fire Lord and what happened to his mother. This honestly feels a little bit more like a dropped plot line throughout Season 2. Um, this might be somewhat of a criticism of uh, Season 2 when it comes down to it, unless you want to just kind of say this is just a small subsection of of this character's life and we're just kind of looking into it and peeping into it and we're not trying to we ultimately don't need to find out where his mother went or the thing is is season three going to address where his mother is or are we just going to drop that plot line I'm, I'm kind of curious about that um so let me see what we got for episode seven we have uh fire lord uh Fire Lord Azula, what is it? Azula, Fire. Hold on, give me a second. Azai, Fire Lord Azai is uh, voiced by Mark Hamill. I don't know if I, uh, I had mentioned that before. But let's uh, kind of cover this real quick. You know, flashback episode of Young Zuko seeing his father ask his grandfather to betray Uncle Iroh for leaving a siege because of his 
because of the death of his son. Um, this is some like really uh, it's like historical knowledge within the community of the Airbender. Uh, sorry, the, the 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 Fire Nation. I said the Airbenders. It's, it's the Fire Nation. Um, you know, Zuko is the one that witnesses all of this kind of you know uh, treachery uh, in a way, or he's he's hearing what's going on, um, which is you know obviously traumatizing. So. Um, I was surprised that they were having Uncle Iroh become, oh, they wanted, they wanted Azai to betray Uncle Iroh because of the death of his son. And so the death of his son is a little bit of a fuzzy space, kind of just understanding what's going on. We do have an episode a little bit later that kind of goes a little bit more in depth in into how is how he's coping with it um uncle iroh is but uh yeah it's it's surprising that the fire nation was just like yeah we needed to betray uncle iroh because of this um you know he, he left his uh he left his post i guess um and i love the the music within uh the fight in this episode big flashback of his mother possibly leaving him um yeah, there's this uh, massive flashback with Zuko uh, kind of remembering, uh, you know, that his mother uh, left him at a very young age. And uh, a little bit more behind the scenes on what happened there. So his mother tells him this, to remember who you are. This is interchanged and intercut with uh, the editing of Zuko having the fight with, I believe it's an Earth Nation people, and uh, they are trying to take some boy to, uh, I think he's, they're trying to get this boy to do something at the, with the townspeople. Um, I think they, they're trying to get him to fight with the townspeople. Um, against the Fire Nation, and, you know, Zuko's trying to protect him, saying he's too young, you know, don't don't go for the boy, and so there's this big fight, and uh, what the main thing I remember from this episode is that the young boy is, uh, you know, in the family is with Zuko the majority of the time because they're, 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 uh, they're helping him, um, and... At the very end, once they find out he's Fire Nation, even the boy is yelling at him, you know, to leave. Um, you know, he's he's uh, exiled essentially. Um, so it's uh, it just shows that Zuko never really had a place that he belonged in, even as a young person. He uh, whoops, <laughs> cast. Oh, I'll just I'll just play it right now. I mean that is like that's that's tough to that's tough for him to like really 
I mean, he he was trying to save the boy from doing any of that, you know, from doing any uh, fighting at all. And and the family, the the boy, they all this event, they they tell him to leave. Um, Zuko doesn't have a place he really belongs in, and with his sister becoming more of a, a prominent character in this uh, season, that's even more relevant. Um, so. Episode 8, we'll, we'll try to uh, speed this up a little bit more, is the chase. Every time they land, uh, Azula and the warriors find Aang, Katara, Sokka, Toph. Toph refuses to help set up camp, claiming she carries her own weight and no one else's. After a fight between Aang and Katara, Toph, Toph storms off angrily. Aang lays a decoy trail for Azula and Sokka. Katara, Appa, and Momo flee the other direction. Aang waits for Azula and is fighting her when Zuko and Iroh arrive. Soon, Katara and Sokka come to the fight, too. Just as all of... Dude, this is a long-ass fucking synopsis. <laughs> Just as all of hope is lost, Toph arrives, and together the six attack Azula. Knowing she is beat... Azula shoots. Well, what does Azula shoot? Um, uh, knowing she is beat, Azula shoots Iroh with lightning and disappears. All this pissed me off. I was like, no, don't go, Iroh, no! Zuko leaves with Iroh and Aang. Katara, Sokka, and Toph leave as well. Toph and Katara apologize to each other and the journey continues this is basically the integration of Toph into the episode um i was a little bit fidgety with this episode as well it is basically they need to it's bringing the ragtag team although they're not really ragtag they're you know it's bringing the team together kind of putting some friction and then showing that they have uh, a common enemy as well um and there's like real shots at the blind bandit like there's like jokes at the Blind Bandit that I was not expecting that kind of were fucked up and funny at the same time. So I was like, whoa, damn, this is a little edgy. Um, and they have that fucking Mad Max ship following them the entire episode. That was fucking crazy. And it's filled with the lizards, I believe. Azula riding the lizards. Fucking nuts. Uh, let's uh, hop to episode nine. Episode nine. Should be bitter work, and I'm not gonna read the long one again. That was kind of ridiculous. Aang begins earthbending training with Toph, but grows frustrated when he encounters difficulty with Earth, the natural opposite of air. Aang's inclination towards agility and evasion puts him at a disadvantage with earthbending, which requires a more direct, resolute form of combat. Elsewhere, Zuko struggles with a similar dilemma as Iroh tries to teach him lightning bending, an advanced form of fire bending. Zuko's anger keeps him from having the cold precision lightning bending requires. Deciding on another approach, Iroh shares with Zuko his belief that wisdom should come from many sources. He describes the relative strengths of each of the four elements and the nations associated with them. 
and advises that understanding the other elements and other ways of life makes the avatar so powerful, but it can also make Zuko more powerful. Iroh then teaches him the art of redirecting lightning, a firebending technique he created by studying waterbenders. When Sokka is endangered by a saber-toothed moose lion, Aang is able to save him by firmly standing his ground as an earthbender would. Zuko claims he's ready to try and redirect lightning, which Uncle Stoshly refuses. Zuko resorts to standing on a mountaintop during a storm, screaming at the heavens to strike him like they have in the past. So, episode 9, still we're uh, obviously with Zuko's struggles and him trying to have this inner inner struggle and learning how to, the ways of the force. Um, I The more I think about it, they should have had uh, more of Zuko trying to deflect more of the lightning uh, attacks that Azula had. I think they might have had a couple of those, but um, I, I didn't feel like there was a big one, like, like oh, it's like this is exactly what Uncle taught me, you know. It's like, oh, damn it, I, I, I wanted something more like like that. But um, it kind of feels more or less like a drop thread, maybe not exactly. Um, but yeah, this is a. It's an interesting one. Another one with Aang trying to put in uh, put in the work of trying to become an Earthbender, and uh, we still see some cool uh, visuals in this. Let's hop to episodes 10, 11, 12. We're just kind of kind of bunch these together. We got the library. We got the desert. Um, uh, we oh, we probably do have to mention in the library actually. Let's let's talk about the library real quick. Um, chapter 10, the library. Sokka decides the group needs some intelligence to defeat the Fire Nation. At an oasis, the group encounters a professor from Bossing University who tells them about Wa Sing To's Tong's uh, <laughs> library in the Si Wong Desert. Said to contain a vast collection of knowledge, the group travels into the massive and foreboding desert and eventually locate the library nearly buried but intact inside. Toph refuses to descend with the others and stays outside with Appa. Inside, Wa Sing Tong, a large spirit owl, tells the group that the humans are no longer permitted in the library, as they only seek knowledge to gain an advantage on other humans, which is kind of like an overarching um, uh, theme as well. The group convinces him otherwise and begins searching for the information. I know this owl knows they're lying and calls him out on their shit later. I wouldn't trust him anyway. Sokka, Sokka discovers a crucial weakness to the Fire Nation that could end the war. An upcoming solar eclipse will erase the firebending from its, for its duration. Wa Sing Tong catches them in a lie, in their lie, and refuses to allow them to leave with the knowledge. He begins sinking the library before chasing the group. Outside, Appa is kidnapped by a gang of sandbenders while Toph is busy preventing the library from sinking into the sand. Along 
with her bending being weakened by not being able to fully sense vibrations in the sand, the others escape the library, but Aang is devastated by the loss of Appa. I was like, no! Why? Why? So yes, you can hear that in my voice. I was very upset about the loss of Appa. I was so surprised that in episode 10, essentially Appa is gone from this season from 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15... Six episodes, 16, we don't get to see a real good opera till like around five or six. Uh, sorry, uh, 15 or 16. I was like, this is ridiculous. But anyways, I uh, I was visually impressed by that episode, but I was very upset to lose Oppa then. Um, Team Avatar in Chapter 11 um, are still trying to find uh, Oppa, and it, it is very... Uh, um i it's it's very much ang trying to cope with losing one of the main things that makes him an airbender i mean is it like appa and momo or like air they're they're from like the air temples i believe maybe i i can't remember if that's 100% but um they're you know sacred creatures and so you can see why you know he's he's trying to learn to control his anger in this episode 12 the serpent's past my gosh that serpent was like i mean that thing was like another one i was like i don't even want to see that again episode 12 um let me see we brought back old character storylines like the Freedom Fighters and uh, Sokka's friend as well. Let's talk about this one real quick. After leaving the desert, the group uh, fortuitously meets up with Suki and attempts to lead a pregnant woman and her husband through the Serpent's Pass, a dangerous route to the outlands of Ba Sing Se. They are attacked by a Fire Nation ship and narrowly escape. Suki and Sokka attempt to rekindle the relationship with Sokka acting overprotective to Suki after he lost uh, you at North at the North Pole. Suki reveals she has feelings for Sokka as well. They almost kiss under the moon, though Sokka stops himself. Meanwhile, Zuko and Iroh, assuming new identities as Earth Kingdom refugees, are also on their way to start a new life in the Earth King Kingdom capital. An encounter jet and some of the freedom fighters with whom Zuko starts to bond. Aang and the group are attacked again, this time by the serpent that leads to the sorry, that lends to its name, Serpent's Pass. He and Katara defeat the beast, and the group arrives on the outskirts of Ba Sing Se. However, Ying goes into labor, delivers her daughter. Sorry, and delivers her daughter. Aang is moved to tears by the sight and says that the couple has made him hopeful yet again. Ying decides to name her daughter Hope. Sokka and Suki share their first kiss while Aang confesses to Katara how the happiness of Ying's family reminds him of how he 
how he feels about Appa and her. Aang departs with Momo to find Appa and Ba Sing Se, but is shocked to see a massive Fire Nation drill is approaching the wall of Ba Sing Se. This was uh, actually part of a two-part special. It was a 44-minute uh, special. Um, so yeah, I was really surprised to see all of that. Um, the second part of this episode was the drill and it just kept on going. I was like, give me more avatar. Um, and I was like, holy fuck, that is a massive fucking drill. Um, so essentially, uh, Aang reunites with his friends intent to stop the drill. Um, though their offer to help is initially refused by the Earth Kingdom, General at the Outer Wall, which this dude was ridiculous, Team Avatar begins to find a way down to take down the drill. I love how they all have their own different ways of, you know, taking it out. How they all have to have some sort of different uh, maneuver. And, uh, you know, whatever Sokka was doing, uh, trying to chop all the things up in the interior just wasn't working. So they just had to go out and just whoopsh, 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 and plug it up on the outside and... Uh, you know, get get all this craziness to go. It, it was another one. Uh, meanwhile, Jet wishes to recruit Zuko for his freedom fighters, but Zuko bluntly refuses. Jet becomes suspicious of the two and uh, deduces that Iroh heated his own cup of tea using firebending. Jet becomes intent on exposing Zuko and Iroh while Team Avatar make their way into Ba Sing Se. Now, this is where it kind of changes into the next... Uh, segment of season two um there's uh, many different plot lines going on i mean they got so many balls juggling up in the air i was just like oh my lanta um it 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 was a lot to handle when it came down to it i was just like this is uh this is very broad in scope for uh, a cartoon of this magnitude i was like is this for kids at all like uh, it's clearly written for kids but like on the scale, like, you need to have, like, a really large knowledge of what's going on. I mean, it's very impressive. Aang and the rest of the group arrive in Ba Sing Se, Chapter 14, determined to find Appa and inform the Earth King about the upcoming opportunity the solar eclipse will provide to strike back against the Fire Nation. However... They will soon discover that the protocols and bureaucracy of the royal court and uh, astrology <laughs> I'm just messing, uh, surrounding the Earth Kingdom block from making contact with them. They are assigned a liaison, an uncomfortable, cheerful woman named Do Joe D., who indirectly makes it clear to them that any mention of the war is forbidden within the walls of the city. This is only one of many disturbing rules that they discover they are enforced by the Dali, the cultural authority of Ba Sing Se. Qatar comes up with a plan to see the Earth King by her and Toph sneaking their way into a party at the royal place with Aang and Sokka sneak in as servers. The quartet is eventually found out and greeted by Long Fang, the head of the Dali. Long Fang reveals that the Earth King has no political, no true political power, only serving as a figurehead in meaningless tasks 
while Longfang and the Dali control every other aspect of their city. They see it as a way to ensure Ba Sing Se remains last total utopia on Earth, as the kids threaten to expose them. Longfang makes an indirect threat regarding their goal of finding Appa. Not fucking Appa! If they continue to sneak out, noting that they will be watched 24-7 by Dali agents. Elsewhere, Jet repeatedly tries and fails to gather evidence that Zuko and Iroh are firebenders. This is kind of a funny montage, to be honest. And his allies, Smellerby and Longshot, begin to believe that he is becoming dangerously obsessed. Jet's final attempt confronting the pair in a tea shop where they work, followed by a sword fight with Zuko, ends with Jet's arrest and subsequently brainwashed by Dali into believing that there is no war inside Bossing Say's walls. And so this episode was uh, creepy as fuck. This was the one where it was like you got this... Uh, uh, Kind of like it feels like a coup d'état, kind of like about to uh, come come out of there and you know take over the Earth Nation. Not exactly, but it's like the stirring and the slow cook pot of what's going to happen later in the season. I was very impressed by the uh, the the depth this episode went, mostly specifically with the uh, the government seeking like people getting brainwashed type shit i was like whoa so um iroh's tale was uh dedicated to him in this episode chapter 15 the next episode it is like a short style montage storytelling of these different lives of the the, the characters in Avatar. Um, it's the tales of Bossing Say. Beautiful episode, and I I couldn't say better things about it. Um, it's just providing like a glimpse into the personalities and into their private lives. Katara and Toph have a girls' day out in the inner city, and by the end of the in the uh, montage, they have uh, a nice day, and they're both using their abilities and elements in uh, specific ways that benefit each other. You know, they're uh, they're um, in the sweat lodge, and so they throw a little bit of water, throw another hot rock. Iroh provides small, small, small gestures of kindness to various people in the outer city before venturing out of the city to find a place to mark the birthday of his son. Luten, who was killed in the siege of Ba Sing Se so many previous years, kneeling before a portrait of his son, Iroh tearfully sings Leaves from the Vine, a folk song about a young soldier returning home. Um... Uncle Iroh's story essentially brought me to tears with the cinematography, the lessons, uh, overall just good, heart-filled goodness of this character. And uh, um, 
from what I'm reading right here is Uncle Iroh's tale was dedicated to the voice actor uh, Meiko Is Iswamatsu, I believe. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, who had just died seven days after chapters 10 and 11 initially aired. So, um, and I also hear that um, another actor came in after him to um, help voice the character as well. Um, I'll, I'll cover who it is in, in later season. I think it might be season three if he's in season three. I know he came in at the end of season in the middle of season two as well to help with some of the voice acting stuff too but it was it was absolutely beautiful i had no idea that uh the actor make uh uh mako i believe um who died in 06 also voiced uh master splinter in uh teenage mutant ninja turtles in the movie uh 07 and samurai jack's aku among many other uh roles he 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 had it was um, a beautiful voice actor, and I love the the heart that he really put into uh, Uncle Iroh's character. Continuing on with this, Aang helps a zookeeper build a new zoo outside the wall. Sokka accidentally ends up in a girls-only poetry club. That was kind of funny. Zuko goes out on a date, resisting at first, but winds up enjoying himself. Momo looks... Though Bossing Say for looks sorry, Momo looks through Bossing Say for Appa, only to find one of his footprints, which I don't think we absolutely know who whose footprint that is until after the end of um, episode. Sorry, chapter sixteen. And chapter sixteen is Appa. This was an absolute heartbreaking ass episode to watch. I was so excited to see Appa back, but the entire freaking time this episode is on, Appa is being uh, captured, tortured, beaten, starved, um, and uh, you know, lied to among other things. It it is very difficult to watch, especially. I mean, I I personally have uh, had my fair share of uh, you know animal. Uh, animal loss and it, it really hurt to see an animal in pain like this and so it, it, i know it's an animation but i was still like oh my god please just let him go just let the cat ah. um let me just talk about it real quick uh after being abducted in the desert appa is traded to the fire nation circus where the trainer whips humiliates and generally mistreats him he eventually escapes with the help of a small boy he later unwillingly fights a porcupine. He wins but is badly wounded. By fortune, Suki and Kaishu warriors come across Appa to help him recover from his injuries, but the warriors are attacked by Azula and her team. Appa is forced to flee at Suki's urging, lest he be hurt in the ensuing battle between Az Az Azula's forces and the Kyoshi warriors. Dispirited, confused, Longing for Aang, Appa returns to his childhood home at the Eastern Air Temple where he discovers a mysterious guru, Patik, has taken residence in 
the ruins. The guru gains his trust and imparts to him Aang's location at Ba Sing Se, with the message for Aang attached to his horn. Appa arrives at Ba Sing Se, but just short of reuniting with Aang, he is ambushed and captured by Long Fang. Damn it! Leaving the footprint that Momo found. It says that this episode also won a Humane Society Award for portraying of its mistreatment of animals. Wow, I had no idea that. I mean, I was <laughs> I was kind of traumatized watching this a little bit. Like, I was like, this is really fucking tough to watch. I mean, it was uh, one of our favorite characters, and you know, I I love Appa and seeing that big fuzzy guy do his thing, fly. Um, but my lord, it was so hard watching him get, um, you know, just whipped, uh, caught on fire, and, and, and starved. I was like, this is gen- this is just really fucking bad. <laughs> I was, like, getting actually pissed off. Um, and so these next couple episodes, we'll kind of uh, wrap them all into one. Um, this is kind of where the big war is is coming down. And Zuko and Iroh, I'll be honest, they're kind of put on the side. It's all about uh, Azula kind of getting the upper hand on the Earth Nation and also Long Fang being kind of screwed over by Azula. But they're, everyone's trying to screw somebody over. And uh, it eventually causes kind of an, an, an all-out, uh, you know, breakout of Azula overthrowing the Earth Nation. And so this is just absolutely insane. You know, Long Fang ends up having to go to go to jail and then we have uh the Earth King that is like Diddly Squad. I mean he doesn't he he, he even if he had a backbone, uh or, or sorry, if even if he had a backbone, even if he had a spine, I don't think that anything would have changed. Um in episode um, 19, I will say that Aang has to, he decides that he needs, uh, this is the best time he has to do it. Um, let me see. Uh, episode 19. Aang receives uh, guidance from the guru at the Eastern Air Temple. Sokka is reunited with his long-lost father. Princess Azula has something diabolical f- in store for her enemies. Uncle Iroh and Zuko run their own tea shop, which I could watch an entire show of. I, I could watch an Uncle Iroh Zuko tea shop HG Netflix TV show and be perfectly fine with it. <laughs> um, yeah, the uh, episode 19 was um, was very interesting with him trying to reunite, uh, you know, as, you know, understand and control the Avatar state. Um, I also liked the, uh, the parts with Sokka and his, uh, father, who we really have not gotten too much interaction with, um, definitely enjoying those interactions a lot more at this point, um, mostly because two seasons and he's only been talked about, and I think they only ran into his uncle one or two episodes, maybe one episode, um, but yeah, so... That's essentially the guru, and at the end of this episode, he runs off to go save Katara, who is uh, who needs his help. So, let's see, let's see, let's see. 
All right. Episode 20. We're going we're just going to uh, read the entire thing, the synop the, the the entire plot for episode 20. Chapter 20, The Crossroads of Destiny. Aang and Sokka reunite with Toph and set out to find Katara, though their fears are initially claimed by the king still believing Azula's impersonation. Azula has been placed in charge of the Dali by Long Fang while the coup d'etat takes place. And she begins to rule with an iron fist. Iroh and Zuko arrive at the palace, but are greeted by Azula and her agents. Iroh is able to evade capture, but Zuko decides to stand and fight Azula. Azula. Though he's quickly overmatched by the Dali and thrown in prison with Katara, Iroh finds Toph and asks her asks their help in rescuing Zuko as well as Katara. Katara berates Zuko for trying to capture Aang and brings up the loss of their mother as a result of the war, causing Zuko to respond, that's something we have in common. Calming Katara's anger. Sokka and Toph rush to the, pl- to the palace to warn the king of the coup d'etat, but they arrive as it is beginning, with the council of five generals being placed under house arrest by the Dali. Sokka and Toph, Sokka and Toph make it to the throne room only to be defeated by Azula, Ma, and Tai Li, as they and the king are led away, as well as that bear. <laughs> Long Fang arrives, what's his name, Bosco? Bosco? I don't remember. Long Fang arrives intent on double-crossing Azula, though the Dali agents no longer answer to him, which that was not even, like, planned well. Did you not see that at all, man, Long Fang? Jeez. Azula sits on the throne after perfectly guessing Long Fang's long, arduous climb to power, at which point he acknowledges he's been beaten at his own game. Back in the crystal catacombs underneath the palace, Katara contemplates using water from the North Pole spirit oasis given to her by Paku to heal Zuko's scar. But Aang and Iroh arrive at the moment to rescue them. Azula arrives a short time later and traps Iroh, offering Zuko his honor if he joins her. Aang and Katara try to escape the catacombs, but are attacked by Azula and later Zuko, having made up his mind. Aang eventually has to let go of his attraction to Katara to conjure the Avatar state that Pathik instructed him. But as he enters it, he is shot by Azula's lightning, killing him. Iroh steps in to help Katara escape with Aang and is subsequently captured. Katara uses the spirit water on Aang's wound, seemingly bringing him back to life. Team Avatar and Earth King Kai fly over the wall in defeat as the Earth Kingdom has finally fallen.
What a fucking season. That was fucking insane. I gotta say that. That's, that's literally one of the craziest fucking things I've ever watched. Um, let me just um, run this by the notes real quick. Bosco the Bear. Yep, check. Talked about him last episode with Mako uh, as Uncle Check. Discussed that. Um, Zuko, fuck you. Check. Um yeah, I was like, I was I was in shock that that lightning went through him when he was going full on Avatar state. And the fact is, he has this massive scar behind him on his back. I wonder if they're going to continue that if he's if if it if it heals up or what's going to happen. Um, but I'm very anxious and excited and just like overall like what's going to happen. I'm like, oh my goodness, all my favorite characters. Oh my goodness, oh my one more season. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um. But I was like, my lord, this is intense. Um, I will say my only complaints about the season, now don't kill me for this, um, don't shoot me with lightning for this, Aang probably came back a little too quickly. I think I needed a little bit more time for them to be a little bit more sad about Aang being gone for the 30 seconds he was gone, it felt like. Um, it felt like it was too quick that he was brought back there's no like repercussions i guess it's like is that the last bits of you know uh life water that she has like i'm confused at at how many times he can be brought back um at this point so that's that's one thing i just want to was that you know the the one was was that his mushroom that brought him back just in case you know his his, uh, mario mushroom that brought him back one up (laughs) um so yeah, I love this season. The visuals, the fighting, the cinematography, the the uh, the su- strong supporting characters. Whether it came to new characters that felt like they had been in the seasons and series for the entire time, such as Toph, or favorites such as Uncle Iroh, um, or, or side characters that end up kind of becoming more of uh, more interesting characters that we had no idea we were going to like. Were possibly like the Freedom Fighters. Um, I was very impressed with this season. I think I, I, my complaints are so minimal that I would go back and rewatch this one just, just for the heck of it. Um, music is amazing and each character has like its own melody. I think it's like a Shakespeare kind of thing. Um, but I really enjoy this fucking show. It is just so much fun to watch and it's, it's, uh, you know, fun to live uh, you know, to vicariously live in, I guess, because I don't technically live in the airbending world, but you know, <laughs> the podcast bending world. But um, yeah, let let me know what y'all thought about the season, the series, the review, Avatar as a whole. I had heard that Netflix was trying to revive this, and uh, the creators that were originally attached to the original one, Brian, I think, what were their names? Um. Um, Michael and Brian originally were attached to this series with the Netflix revival, but to my knowledge, they are not going to be attached to this next one. Um, they said that they could not uh, find uh, common ground, apparently. I don't know. Um, which is weird because Netflix seems to be very uh, consumer and, uh, sorry, very creator heavy, you know, focused. <laughs> I feel like they would give whatever the last Airbender guys needed to give one of the best products they possibly could. I don't know. This has got to be one of the the highest watched things on Netflix, to my knowledge, in the last 
few months. Um, I can't remember too many people talking about uh, other things at this point. But, um, yeah, let me know what you thought about the review. Let me know what you thought about the podcast, how we can improve, how we can improve the review, how we can improve the Avatar uh, Season 2 review. Um, thank you for listening, watching. Rate, share, subscribe. Lucky Dog Podcast. We could not do this without you. And until next time, Appa, yip, yip.